Good morning, everybody. It is Sunday, September. Let's see. I believe it's the 20th. Hold on. Let me see. It is Sunday, September 20th, and I'm sitting up here on my cliff overlooking the ocean, and it is a beautiful day. People are out surfing, having fun. A bunch of kids in the water just having a blast and it's really cool so wow I'm so blessed to have lived here in Encinitas 10 years 10 plus years and um, I've been in Southern California for a total of 15 minus somewhere in there I moved home to Oregon for two years and lived with my family my mom and dad hosted me after college and while I was getting my master's and what I have to say is I'm, I'm so grateful for oh my gosh everything and all the wonderful people the Lord has put in my life um, and showed me his grace truth and love and I last year I have put in my previous podcasts that I did re and I have been rededicating my whole life to Jesus Christ and following Him. And what that looks like is the Holy Spirit leads us to His kindness leads us to repentance, right? And the Holy Spirit convicts us because when we're born again, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you do get out of line throughout the day, or if something happens, or you, you know, have a, a and a sinful thought or you do something or you sin the Holy Spirit convicts you so you're able to stay in alignment and truly walk with Christ that is the joy of following him however there's a difference the Lord has showed me between that and then choosing a lifestyle of rebelliousness toward God it's a life where you choose to live in your sin and we all like sheep have gone astray we all have sinned, but some of us have made choices to obey, uh, disobey. Just, in fact, forget altogether about even reading the Word of God. But let's just make our own rules up that befit us. How convenient to the lifestyle, the cultural trends. And really, I've got to tell you, out of all the love and goodness of my intentions toward you because you have to look at people's intentions because what I'm going to say in this podcast is going to be controversial to many thoughts and I'm so grateful for the freedom of press that we still have in this country somewhat but you got to know that the word of God is a double-edged sword and if you fear God or have even felt the fear of God you would agree with that statement that it cuts away the darkness and it shines the light and the light is truth and the truth is the word of God and Jesus is the word of God and the word became flesh and dwelt within men in our hearts and God's presence does not dwell in a building built by human hands God's presence dwells within us because we bear the image of God from one soul to the other. We are his holy temple. We are Israel. We are his children. We are, that's why he calls us to shine our light, right? Because we have to look different than the world. We just simply 
we are called to be a living sacrifice, Romans chapter 12. And so in order to present that holy sacrifice to the world, we cannot be doing the same things that the world is doing because those that are in the world, um, those that are of the world are not in, in God. You can only follow two. You can only follow one master. You can only serve God. You can't serve God and money. You will hate one and love the other. You have to serve God. Otherwise, you will fall into utter darkness. All other ground is sinking sand. The root, money is the root of all evil because it, it, it just builds into every single one of the seven deadly sins and creates for you the ability and desire to be your own God. And if you don't realize that you're bought with a price, if you don't realize that Jesus already paid that price for you, that you don't have to suffer. <laughs> because darkness is suffering, right? It's suffering. Like, we all suffer in different ways, but the main thing that we go through is we pain, right? We have pain in this life. We suffer. But the Lord is inviting you into His everlasting kingdom of peace in which you don't suffer anymore. You live out the fruit of the Holy Spirit. These are the gifts of following Him. Now, there's a lot of shepherds out there that will tell you <clears throat> that the peace comes, that all the fruit comes um, because you go to church or you tithe or... No, but yeah, that's part of it. No, but really, it, it's not about going to or subscribing to a certain church or paying a certain amount of money that will bring you the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, God does want you to give and sacrifice and be generous with our finances. But the main thing that's going to give you fruit is obedience to God. And I don't hear a lot of message. No, I do. That's not true. I'm not going to say that. A lot of pastors do preach exactly adhering to every single scripture of the Word of God. And that God's commandments is the law of love. And we're to follow the Ten Commandments. Because he is the ancient of days, and he always, Hebrews 13, what is it, 13 11, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the ancient of days, right? So, you know, he created this natural world. He's the great creator. He is not the nature himself. That's New Ageism, and that is not a, that is a false religion. Because the artist is not the masterpiece itself. He, he can even go in and out of time when he wants to continue creating or stop or it doesn't matter. 30 years might go by, 30,000, but the artist is not the painting or whatever the masterpiece he's making, right? Maybe it reflects some characteristics of him perhaps, right? And it does in all creation. Let, every, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So everything that's alive in this world, worships God. Even the trees point toward Him, right? But we don't worship the trees, right? That would be like, um, you know, you brought, you bring your child a, a nice toy, and they and they love the toy more than you. It's like, uh, you know, like that. No, that's not it. God is spirit, and He dwells in us, and He tells His children how to live their life, how to treat other people throughout the day, how to love the person next to you, um, how to react. 
and how to, hold on, my neighbor's waving at me. I'm gonna say hi real quick here. Boop. All right, so we're back and we were talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, God is Trinity, He's one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when Jesus ascended into heaven after his 40 days of presenting himself to the world on this earth, he rose into heaven and sent down, I believe it was 10 days later, the Holy Spirit Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit was poured out and people were anointed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, healing people, words of knowledge, um, the power of God, right? Because God is all-powerful. I think sometimes our culture represents Him as a way of weak or even then a mocking manner, but God is not mocked. And the, real, the only person worth fearing truly in this life is God. And if you knew just a fragment of who He really is, you would not mock him, to say the least. You would not. He's righteous and he's holy and God is an all-consuming fire of love. And anyone that knows him will tell you that. And they will tell you the same thing because there's one spirit, the Holy Spirit, that's filled in his remnant of believers since the beginning of time. And God created time. He's outside of time. Time is relative. It's based on whatever planet you are in our particular galaxy in rotation to the revolutionary pull of the sun, right? Of our star. So it's, it's relative. It varies, right? And it's a tool of measurement we use to measure the past, present, and future. Okay, so Einstein explained all this quite a while ago that it's really we're already in eternity our souls whether you believe it or not we are eternal beings there is an afterlife we're just here for a limited finite time our bodies are finite but our souls are not and you can research thousands millions of near-death experiences where people that will go out of their bodies and have that I I know people personally that I can invite on this podcast and they can share this experience of floating up to heaven and then coming back down and um, I mean yeah maybe we could have that kind of maybe we could have that episode one time but a point that I'm saying is that there's only two kingdoms in this world there's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness there's the kingdom of love and the kingdom of fear there's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil. And the devil's real. And he comes to still kill and destroy. He's the, the snake of old. And he doesn't come as a beast. You know, he comes as an angel of light. And a, the, a, and a lamb with the horns. Right? He comes as, you know, temptation. He comes as power. He comes as 
control. He comes as, you know, what he really wants us to all do is worship ourselves. You know, like this whole thing with the social media was just perfect because how easy. It was too easy. Magic mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And then he says, yeah, you know, um, that's what I did to Eve. You, You know, it's what he does to every worship yourself you deserve it you're number one be like god the forbidden fruit i mean it's even on the iphone that little apple with the bite out of it i mean it's like yeah this is it this is the forbidden fruit and if you choose to have yourself worshipped which is what i see a lot of people doing they are want you know pictures i i don't know they're light, right? Light com- pictures are come through light. Uh, but have we crossed over to just having our photo taken to? I mean, I just see it all over the place. It's Babylon. It's wicked. People wanting their sexual sexuality to be worshipped. I mean, this is an abomination against God, and it's gotta it's gotta stop. It's gotta stop, or judgment is coming because. God is holy and he does not tolerate mockery. And in every, if you read history, every single civilization throughout the history of the world that fell into sin, this kind of an abomination sin where we're calling evil good and good evil, that those people are judged. And that's how God is. That's that's his nature. He's a wrathful. Vengeance is mine, says Lord. Why do you think he doesn't want us to have vengeance on people? Right? We're not ever to retribute. We're not. We are to judge. We, if if you're born again, you can look at the word of God and see if uh, what other people's beliefs line up to that or not. But you're not to treat people differently. In fact, you're to love the people more that judge you or are mean to you or persecute you or seek to take your life we're called to love those people we're called to lay down our lives for those people right for because this is anyone jesus says can love your friend you know but i'm calling you to love your enemies you know so it's it's we gotta love you know that's our job we're the empty vessels but if you're in the if you if you pass judgment and have unforgiveness toward your brother then you haven't been made perfected in love right because we have to forgive otherwise Christ doesn't forgive you right so so we have to go back to the word of God and know that you know 2 Timothy 3.16 every word is 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 from uttered from the Holy Spirit in, in the Bible he is he is the living word of God this is who God is so we have to take our daily bread, our manna is in the wilderness as we're being tested, right? And we have to take our daily bread. It's life. It's life. Abundant life comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you've got to be in the word every day. You've got to take up your sword. This is a spiritual battle and the battle belongs to the Lord. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. We're going to talk about that a little bit more too. So, okay, I know I've been talking a lot. Um, So in conclusion of this, you've got to choose. Am I going to follow? If I really believe God is who he says he is, then why 
Do I not obey everything he says to do? Are there areas where you're not living in all of the Ten Commandments? And are there areas that where you are withholding to God? Because then if you're offering him a sacrifice like Cain did in the Bible, then it's not, it, he's going to spit that out, right? He's done, this is the church of Laodicea, right? This is the lukewarm church. This is, it is time, he's spitting out, he vomits out. And this is the word that Jesus says. He vomits out the lukewarm. But hot and cold water is useful, right? Hot for drinking and... No, hot for washing and cold for drinking. Um, but you know, the, they couldn't get those on the Laodicean Island because it was, it was so far away to carry the water. So by the time I got there, it was always lukewarm. From the hot springs or cold springs. Anyway, point is... God's calling us all to love Him, serve Him, put Him first, read the Word of God, come back to come back to the garden, come back to what who we were cre originally created to be was He was He's our God and we're His people, and we He said that if we know Him, uh. We hear his voice, and if you're not hearing the voice of God, you've got to ask yourself: Is there, is there something that's blocking me from hearing God? Because the Lord tells us that if we do have sin, which even unforgiveness is sin, right? So the Lord's been showing me a lot about unforgiveness and how this blinds us and it makes us become hypocritical because we're so focused on the logs around people's eyes. Oh, specks in others' eyes, and we're not looking at the log in our own. And this is something God showed me, and I only say this because I I go through this with the Lord, where He shows me, "Hi, hey, gotta get this together over here, Audrey." You know, like that's just because He loves me and He loves you. And and the thing about hypocrites is that we don't know we're being hypocritical when we are, because we're hypocritical, right? So it's really hard to tell someone that they're being hypocritical. They just have to ask God, Oh God, search me, try me, consume me. If there's anything, you know, start pruning away the great vine dresser, the great pruner. Like prune stuff out that's like where I'm not putting others first, where I didn't give this person a meal, where I wasn't eager to host, where I, you know, showed this person wrath instead of grace. Uh, um, where I refused to stand up for you, God, where I was too afraid to share my faith, you know, where I, um, you know, just was a little bit gluttonous or lustful or whatever it is. You know, God loves you, and there's nothing too much that God wouldn't forgive and fill you with himself because he's the best thing for you, and he knows it, and, and I believe that 100% with all my heart. That he says no man should perish. Not one, so that not one should perish, right? Because he would have that the whole world comes to know him in this all-consuming fire of love that burns away the impurities so that the pure gold, because the golden vessels are the ones that were used in the Holy of Holies in the temple, right? And the gold is the finest, it's a, it's a purest gold. And that's why, and then so the empty vessels God uses, Right? But he can't do that if you're in Laodicea. Okay, so the cup, the cups 
of his glory are about to be poured out over all of the world. It's coming soon. He's he is coming back in in his remnant and through his remnant as we are on that white horse and revelation says and and we have we conquer with the crown right so this is the holy remnant the elect so god's been showing me like the calvinists and the the other side um arminius everybody in all the denominations that have not been unified so they have all pieces of the puzzle right but if we would have all come together we would understand in the Pentecostals that everybody's got truth with just a little bit of like error and and then there's there are some churches that are actually um, heretical and that is for um, for us to come to them and call out what is truth so but that's a different episode but so we all come together and unified think of how I was talking to an old cowboy and he was saying how you know, if the, all the Native American tribes were warrior tribes, they all battled with each other and fought each other. But, you know, if they would have been unified, uh, they would have been able to stop the white people from coming in and invading their land. But then what the British and French did is they um, manipulated them into working for them to defeat the white people so they could come into anyway and... and um, take individual tribes and buy them off right so this is a picture of what's been happening today which um i'll have another episode soon about uh the matter of insurgency i hope anyway we'll see i will just do as the lord leads me this message today is one of hope for you i'd like to just tell you some scriptures to read and i'm going to go through uh what the lord showed me this week in bible study and then um i'll read a couple scriptures from each section and if you would like to go deeper i'll also say the verses that they that they came from so i'm going to start in Jer in jeremiah 20 Four. I have heard okay verse 25 I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name saying I have dreamed I have dreamed how long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies indeed they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams which everyone tells his neighbor as their father forgets the names about um, the prophet who has a dream let him tell a dream and he who has my word let him speak my word faithfully what is the chaff to the wheat says the Lord is not my word like a fire says the Lord and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces therefore behold I am against the prophet says the Lord who steal my words every one from his neighbor so he's going on about the Lord is going on about this in verse 40 an everlasting approach a perpetual shame which shall not be forgotten where this is going to be connected to the ones that did not choose the Lord in the last harvest where um, you know the soil has been being tilled for a long time and the angels are the reapers and they uh, <clears throat> so so all of so the prophets Jeremiah is a prophet that um, prophesied during the time of the exile right to 
Babylon. But these are also, all of the prophets are also prophesying about Jesus too. And they're also prophesying about the end of the age, which is where we are today. So the living word of God is, it's, it's like an onion. It, it has very many layers to it. And it's a spiritual language. It's also, we have different genres within the Bible. So we're going to have um, the prophetic word. That these are God, Holy Spirit breathed by word. That's why they're always saying, thus saith the Lord. Because the prophets are only quoting, they're only speaking directly as the Lord tells them to speak. So they're not sitting there writing, f- figuring out, what am I going to say? What am I going to write? I mean, no one's doing that. They're hearing God and then they're speaking the literal words of God. So then there's this two baskets of fruit in chapter 24. And in verse 5, um, okay, so, so Nebuchadnezzar was carried away, the king of Babylon. I'll actually start at verse 1. And, and so this, they had to, okay, this relates with America in the 400 years. Okay, so which is coming up, I believe, in the next month or two is our 400 years anniversary since the Mayflower Compact was signed. Our first covenant agreement, right? Okay, so one basket had very good figs. Oh, divine one, by the way. Like the figs that are first ripe, and the other basket had very bad figs, which could not be eaten. And the Lord said to me, what shall you see? What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, figs, the good figs, very good, and the bad, very bad, which cannot be eaten. They're so bad. And the word of the Lord said, like these good figs, so will I acknowledge those who are carried away captive from Judah, whom I have sent out to this place for their own good into the land of the Chaldeans. For they will be my people, I am their God, and the bad figs down to verse 8. They will go, the, you know, Zedekiah, he was the wicked king of um, the northern kingdom, Israel, I believe, who remains in this land. And I will deliver them into the kingdoms of the earth for their harm to be a reproach and a byword, a taunt. So um, I will send the sword, famine, and pestilence among them till they consumed from the land that I gave to them, their fathers. So the there's you know the sifting that happens. This is there was 400 years of silence after the last prophet before Messiah Jesus came, and then I was just thinking about how you know this land was so blessed by God. As a Christian, the United States was founded as a Christian nation in following the Bible. And so that is, there's been a lot of evil corruption that has come in the most heinous ways through also the founding of this nation. But we do remember that um, those pilgrims were searching, those were the first ones, right? They were searching for the religious freedom to worship God. But the bad figs are not... So So this summer, the basket of summer fruit and the talking about the figs is going to be thematical throughout all of the prophets and um, symbolizing also the promised land out of where, where the children of Israel were destined to go. So the rest of Jeremiah, so here's the scriptures here. I'm just going to give these. So Jeremiah 24 through 27 is going to talk about 
the bonds of symbol of the bonds of yokes. Um, this ever this piece, this like purging the land, that and and actually talking about the shepherds that led sheep astray, which is are talking about his actual children himself. His judgment is coming, right? The brood of vipers were the hypocrites that did not recognize. Um, Jesus when he was coming because they were looking for somebody to save them from the physical bondage of Rome because Rome was uh, occupying Israel Judea the whole a lot of the world at the time right <laughs> but I mean yeah there's a lot of symbolism with like okay but that's not what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to save them, the people from Rome. He came to save the people from their sins, from spiritual death. And so the other scriptures the Lord showed me have been Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And then um, also verse 8 of chapter 7. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy, when I fall. I will rise when I sit in darkness. The Lord will be a light to me. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Shepherd in verse 14, your people with your staff, the flock of your heritage, who dwell solitary in the woodland in the midst of Carmel, let them feed in Basham and Gilead as the days of old. So the Lord is bringing us an inheritance. His, his holy remnant, he's bringing us an inheritance, which is ours for the claiming. And I want to look at, um, let's see, is it Isaiah here? Yeah. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. And then also, um, so please, if you could, if you'd like to read Isaiah 54, and that is a perpetual covenant of peace, which the Lord is promising to us. And um, about the barren, it's the metaphor of the barren woman, uh, the rejected bride that the Lord is her husband so he's saying this this that we are the bride of Christ and we're he's coming back for the ten virgins for the for the ones that are ready to rule and reign with him and this is the perpetual covenant of peace also that David um, David's covenant of this ever started in I believe was it I first Chronicles 17 let's look that up real quick here First Chronicles 17, because he has given into Abraham, yeah, God's covenant with David. Now it came to pass when David was dwelling in his house that David said to Nathan the prophet, see now I dwell in the house of Cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under the tent curtains. Do all that is in your heart for the Lord is with you. So skipping down back to, so, he, had, he made the covenant for the people of Israel forever and ever. In verse 22, Lord have become their God. So it's this covenant of peace, and Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So this is our covenant of, of spiritual peace, right? So what happens in the world is a reflection of what happens in the physical, because 
what's actually more real than the seen world, the material world, is the spiritual world. And there are angels and demons out there fighting. Legions of angels that come to fight for you. <laughs> and there's the, there's the battle. And the prayers of the saints that go up is a sweet and smelling aroma. And that's how we get the victory, right? Because we're teeming with the spirit, because we are part of the spiritual. And when we know how to strategize and fight the battle, we overcome. We, we block those fiery darts because we know right where they're coming from. We have our shield up. So, um, but there's an inheritance, right? And that's what I was trying to help us understand is that there's an inheritance that's ours for the taking because we are his children. And he's giving us this ability to rule and reign with him. I was thinking of the, I'm reading the Chronicles of Narnia right now and Edmund, Susie, Lucy and Peter came to Care Paravel. And at one point, and it's this beautiful shiny castle on the sea where they reign as kings and queens. <laughs> and um, at this one point where C.S. Lewis asked the reader, do you remember this castle? And this is, he's wanting us to, he's giving us privy to the thought of like, this is, the end of the age when we rule and reign with Christ it's his glory it's his goodness and our job is to be grace to people so I renamed this podcast little pockets of grace because I just believe that as the remnant of the holy God we are called to be little pockets of grace all over the world as the Lord pours out his goodness and his holiness of fire, right? God's not trying to save us from our financial problems. He's trying to make us into a whole new creation, amen? You know, so we just got to do good to please God. We just, you know, Matthew 6, verse 2, Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not send a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. But when you do a charitable deed, don't let your right hand know what your right, left hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be done in secret, and the Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. And chapter 7, do not judge that you may not be judged. For what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the log in your own eye or how can you say to your brother let me remove that when you have the plank in your own hypocrite first remove the plank and do not give to the dogs holy what is to the dogs or cast your pearls before swine so God truly does call us to be holy and and he wants us to shine a light and be that grace and forgive and be a holy, pleasing sacrifice unto the Lord. So I must probably end here, but I'd like to just have to really say that God is so good and He has more for us than we could ever imagine. His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. They're higher than our thoughts and they're higher than our ways. He's thinking a different plan. He's thinking a spiritual plan. Right? To bring you from glory to glory. 
and he never stops because he's a jealous God and he's relentless and he'll never give up on you. He never gave up on me. <laughs> so I just, I say this with all humility because I fear God, because I only fear God and I love people and I try to do my best to tell the truth because I also believe and I know that truth sets us free. So nothing I've said here today is not out of complete love because I also love the Word of God. I love truth. And God has been teaching me, um, I humbly say, He's been teaching me a lot of things about just, I, you know what I really would say? He's been showing me little glimpses of Himself and every time He does, I just fall more deeply in love with Him because He's so good and He's so loving and he cares about us so deeply, just like if you have a child, the way you love your child is how he loves you. And he wants to truly give you little pockets of grace all throughout your day and shower you with his goodness and love. So be blessed and you are dearly, dearly loved.